Um, okay. Yeah, if, if I drop out, just ask me to uh, repeat, because if it drops out on your end, it doesn't mean that it's dropping out on this end, so it's whatever I say is going to be recorded no matter what, but if there's a dropout on your end, it won't be recorded. Right, that makes sense. Because Uvu's the weak link. <laughs> you are the weakest link. <laughs> Uvu, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Wow. That seems like that show was on a million years ago, and I guess it was. It was what? probably 2004 or probably, something. Probably 10 years ago, yeah. It's yeah. funny because in you're in uh, England, you put a complete bitch in charge of a game show when it's a hit, but in America, they're like, who is this bitch? <laughs> Fucking goodbye. Fuck her. <laughs> yeah, but, but in this... Britain, they're like, oh, she, she's very sharp and taut with them, isn't she? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's made for uh, people with masochistic tendencies <laughs> who like to be yeah, or- I, I- <laughs> like to be ordered around by a bitchy English woman, <laughs> preferably with thigh-high boots. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, if you've got a school marm fetish, boy, is she the gal for you? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, school marm dominatrix. Same thing. Um. Yes. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't love that show. I was, it was like, yeah, it's okay. It, it had an interesting concept to it, but it's a it was game. something that I would watch every day, yeah. Right. It's a game show. Can't be as good as something where you've got a wall and a ball and you try to throw it into, like, holes <laughs> and shit. <laughs> into the big hole that is Chris Hardwick? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Chris Hardwick, uh, Chris Hardwick with an anal speculum. Uh, if you can get this w- ball in my gaping asshole, <laughs> you win a million dollars. But shit. first, answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is that would have to be the the, the, the most messed up game show of all time. <laughs> and yet, that one I think I would watch. <laughs> well, you know, it, it it certainly would be uh, entering new territory. It would. We should be giving this away, man. I don't know if you're gonna put this on the pre-show, but that's some comedy goal. Not comedy. That's some. Uh, that's a million-dollar game show idea right there. I don't know if we want to give that away. Oh yeah, we want, we need to keep that under our hats. <laughs> I know, right? Our proverbial hats. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't wear a hat, man. I'm not a hat person. Me either. I don't know why. Yeah, you're not. You I, don't, per- I don't see. You know. I don't remember ever seeing you in a hat. Yeah, maybe when uh, I had a that Loop TV cap. That would be about the only time. Yeah. I mean, you look okay in a hat. I look completely ludicrous in a hat. <laughs> I might look a lot better in a hat. I could cover up all my uh, scalp skin. <laughs> well, it might be good, you know, I could see where, you know, golly, it, when you're out in the sun, a hat might be a good thing for you. Well, when I'm out in the sun, I definitely do wear a hat. That's true. But I don't remember... I, it must look good on you because I don't remember ever noticing you wearing a hat. So okay. it's never been like, oh, Mark's got a hat on. That's <laughs> weird. I don't, I don't remember ever feeling like that. Yeah. I want to get a narrow, br- I, I want to get a narrow brimmed pork pie hat. Mm, that could be. That would, I, I used to have one of those. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. When I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. I think in this day and age, it'd be the, probably the douchiest thing that I could ever do. Well, you know, fedoras have come back, and but only douchebags are wearing them. So yeah, 
Yeah, well, definitely with fedoras. I don't know about any others. Well, you know, you know, I hate the uh, the um, you know. There's a cap that sometimes, and a lot of times, uh, older balding guys wear them too. But uh, anyway, I call it a driving cap. You know, it's like that thing that when a guy reaches middle age and he buys a convertible and he wears that cap where the where it's kind of a floppy hat and the, yes. sometimes the bill will snap to the hat. Right, oh, right. I hate those fucking hats. They're fucking <laughs> ugly as shit. I think uh, there was one. <laughs> win- there was one. There was one winter that uh, I had bought a hat like that and I was wearing it out. And I think we had met up with you. And I think, yeah, you were definitely not impressed, <laughs> as I recall. One of, our, uh, one of our friends who had a baby a couple years ago put her baby in a hat like that. And I'm just like, that's an old man fucking hat. Why would you put that on a baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I well, know. you know, it's par- just. Parents are weird. They like to dress their kids up in very strange outfits because they think it's so cute. Like a little suit and bow tie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little navy outfit or whatever. Right. But it's like those hats, you see those hats, and I'm like, like if there's a sitcom and there's a character who's like the goofy neighbor and he's going through a midnight life crisis and he buys a convertible, that's the fucking hat he's going to wear. You <laughs> that's don't see true. any other hat on that guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Gonna be in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mr. Uh, Furley uh, had one of those hats uh, on uh, Three's Company. He, he may have. He may have. Yes. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Mr. Yeah. Roper and uh, um, uh, what was uh, what was Gladys Kravitz's husband's name? I mean, Mr. Kravitz, but Abner. Uh, didn't you? Abner. <laughs> Abner. Abner. <laughs> right. What are you doing with that hat on? <laughs> Don't bother me, Gladys. Put that hat on you. But <laughs> Gladys, I'm gonna punch you in the cunt if you don't shut up. <laughs> oh, now why wasn't that in the Bewitched movie? It should. Will Ferrell and and Nicole. <laughs> right. Kidman, you yeah. dumb fucking fucks. <laughs> why didn't they think I'm of still, that? I'm still. <laughs> I'm still bitter about the fucking Bewitched movie. That's how that's how hard it is for me to get on with my life. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, you didn't like the extra twist they put on it, where they uh, where they made it where it was going to be a TV show about a witch that was living with a normal man. You didn't like that twist that they I, put on that movie. No, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. It was just <laughs> awful. Right, just what? one of the most awful movies of all time. Yeah, they they need they, they should have played it straight, you know. Why why put a twist on it? It was a it was a great yeah. concept by itself. You didn't need uh, whatever contrivances they threw upon it. And then Steve Carell as as Paul Lind as uh, Uncle Arthur. No, I'm not having that. <laughs> that doesn't work. That doesn't I'm work. I'm not having that. <laughs> yeah. And it, what just what kills me about all of that is, and I don't even remember who directed it. If it was anybody that anybody even ever heard of, but yeah. I can't believe somewhere along the line somebody didn't have the fucking balls to say no, no, <laughs> we're not doing. All right, Steve Carell, who who I consider to be a, a good actor and a pretty intelligent guy, should have had the balls to say no. This is not happening. Oh, like yeah, just <laughs> turned it down. Well. You know, Will Ferrell can be a very persuasive uh, 
producer. Well, that's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. I mean, when Will Ferrell calls, it's hard to, to say no. True. Please help me. Please help me save this piece of shit that they <laughs> put me in. My right. career. And my career. That had to be it. All right. Had to be it. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Do we want to uh, get this ball uh, rolling? Yeah, I got I got it all ready to go here. All right. Cool. Are you ready? Sure. Shall whenever we just you are. Ju- dive in. We're we're already started the show. We might as well just dive in and yeah, do the intro. We're already like eleven minutes in here. No. Well, a lot of that can go, but still. True. Uh, the bewitch the bewitch stuff was good. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> right. All right, ready? Yep. <laughs> Three, two, one. Podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Friday Night Lights, Rick Perry before he was Dancing with the Stars, Dan's Hamburgers, Martin Springs, Mike Judge, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican pre-tailed bats. It's a slippery slope. The podcast with the days that confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Yeah, hey. All right. Hey, Lodger, how are you doing? <laughs> good, good, man. Excellent. I had a good week. Excellent. Hey, uh, could you, you could you put your mouth a you know little what? little closer to the microphone? Oh, you, yeah. You're a little like, echo. I'll try. You're a little echoey. All right, let me eat the mic like they say. <laughs> hey, that that reminds me. I wanted to tell you that I a couple episodes ago, I can't remember what we were talking about now, but you put some effects on some of the dialogue. Right. I can't, what was that? A, on Zardos, I put put an echo effect. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that. By the way, <laughs> I just wanted to tell you. I when I was listening to it, I was like, "Oh, that's fucking cool." <laughs> it, Browner I, put some echo on that. <laughs> yeah. It brought that. It brought that. Uh, those lines over the top. So yeah, I had to do it. Had to do it. Well, so. and a very a very wonderful homage to the film itself. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Love, love that horrible, wonderful movie. Oh, so great. Yeah, I'll yeah. watch it again right now. Right. I, mean, I'm, I guess I should grab the DVD because it's just one of those ones that when you have a friend over and you're like, oh, let's put on something stupid. Ah, where's the Zardoz DVD? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think, yeah, that, that, that'll do it. Yeah, you want to show it to friends because, uh, you know, new friends, because you want to show them how cool you are. Because isn't there, there's nothing better than showing new friends a shitty movie that they've never seen before. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and not just not just a shitty movie, but a, a shitty movie that's uh, jaw-droppingly, amazingly crazy and different and unlike anything you've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll definitely uh, be that first challenge to see if they're a true friend or not. That's right. That's right. If, if you really, if you really want to hang out with them or not, right. we should just call it the Zardoz test, man. It's just the Zardoz <laughs> yes, test. The Zardoz, Zardoz test. <laughs> if they aren't sitting there with their jaw agape and their uh, and their eyes glued to the TV, and they totally look like they're seeing uh, Jesus ascend from heaven, uh, <laughs> they're not like that. You don't want them in your life, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, if they're the type that's like, what the fuck did he just show me? What kind of a friend is this? I'm out of here. Well, you're probably better off. 
lesson learned. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Indeed. Better you know now. Yeah. <laughs> than, a few, than a few weeks from now. Exactly. Uh, the Zardoz test. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. I can't believe, uh, you know, I, I I can't believe I'm in such a good mood because we lost three uh, important things this week. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. Edward okay. Albee passed away. Oh, you know, yes. The, the, the playwright. Right, he did uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Which is an amazing, amazing movie with Liz Taylor and, and Richard Burton. You wanna... oh, if you haven't, that's another one of those movies. Yeah, it is a great movie. The funny thing about it is... Uh, Albie didn't really like the movie. Yeah, and I don't understand that. Be- he did because it's uh, so good. Well, he well, first of all, I think he didn't like the casting of Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. He was like of the opinion that Elizabeth Taylor was twenty years too young to play the part, and that was one of his first complaints. He's uh, and this was an interview that he did with like Terry Gross in like the eighties, and they rebroadcast it the other day on NPR. And he was saying he wanted it to be James Mason and Betty Davis in the in the roles, and I was thinking, wow, that could have been pretty yeah. amazing too. So anyway. uh, yeah, or Burton and Betty Davis would have been good. I don't know. I guess you know Liz Taylor is Liz Taylor, but to me, she she lets it all hang out in that movie. She she oh. she. I, I, I mean, because he's a professor, and you know he's and she's supposed to be kind of somebody. So why couldn't she be? She seems like a. She seems kind of like a. Um, like she, you know, he would have thought of her as a trophy wife, right? Or at least a one, yeah, a one-time so, trophy wife. One time, right? And mm-hmm. um, and so I totally buy her in that role. She's oh. great in that movie, in my opinion. I do too. It just happened to be that uh, Edward Albee just didn't like it, and and. Well, I guess it would be hard, you know, if you wrote it. Right. And you see it one way, and then someone shows it to you a different way. You're either going to love it or hate it. Right. Uh, yeah. From the from the interview that I heard, it seemed like Albie had a very high opinion of himself, and uh, rightfully so, I know. But he was he seemed a little snooty. But uh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and he also wasn't a very big fan of Mike Nichols, who I guess directed the film, and uh, he said. Mike Mike Nichols was a stand-up comedian who took a a funny script and made a very unfunny movie out of it. <laughs> so he wasn't he wasn't very kind to uh, Mike Nichols. I don't know how anyone would think of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf as a funny script. Well, Maybe he's talking about graduate. No, no, no. This is all be talking about. You know, apparently he's got a very unusual sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, it's funny sometimes how some some people don't uh, create things and then really don't understand them. (laughs) (laughs) I've met a couple filmmakers like that who created something that I thought was great. And then I realized, oh, this is just a fluke. They don't they didn't intend it to be this great. Uh I'm seeing I'm seeing things in it that are just there that even they didn't know was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very likely. So. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Well, we Great. lost, we well, lost Albie. Yeah. Oh, well. Let me let me just tell you one more thing about him, and it's probably why they try to keep playwrights off the set of movies or writers in general. And that is, 
because they, they they have a tendency to be very um, uh, diva diva ish and oh, yeah. and want to change everything or get very angry oh, yeah. with the way uh, the the film is being produced. But yeah, I can, yeah, you know, I can see that. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, um, who, who else did we lose? Well, uh, we lost Curtis Hansen, which I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, certainly an important filmmaker. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't realize, I didn't even realize, you know, all the things he directed um, Okay, you, you and got, wrote. You got a list? Um, no, I just remember seeing, like, he, I don't even know what he did on, like, 8 Mile, the Eminem movie. I don't know if he just directed it. Uh, okay. Or if he helped write the script, I'm not sure. All right. Um, Wonder Boys was a movie he did that I saw that, I, uh, and I think you know, L.A. Confidential, of course, is the big. All right, there movie we go. That he did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, we lost Alvy and Hanson, and then of course this week we lost Blue, Blue Bell Ice Cream. I'm I'm devastated. Oh uh, well. <laughs> I hear you again. Yeah, they uh, had another Listeria uh, outbreak, but. But they claim that it was from the cookie dough in their cookie dough ice cream, and that was from a, a third-party source, uh, which makes me wonder, why the hell are they getting their cookie dough from a third-party source? Why aren't they making it themselves? So it's their, it's a problem of their own yeah. making again. Yeah, I, you know, and how did it get released where they had to recall it? Aren't they on top of it at the, at the factory? I don't know. I don't I, know how ice cream works. I don't know. It's yeah. I, I will tell you, I'm I'm kind of done. I, I now I'm scared to eat it. And it's Bluebell, man. Bluebell, the the best ice cream in the world. They make it right yeah. down the street, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <sighs> over there in the the little creamery in Brenham. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. I always wanted to take the tour there, but now I'm glad I didn't. I mean, you know, something like this. I mean, the second time in a row, and it could, you know, that could that can kill a corporation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was willing to forgive them the first time, you know, stuff happens. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Right. I'll give you a second chance. But now I'm like, I don't know. Seems kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to uh, give up their uh, home style vanilla, though. Damn. So good. But uh, I, I enjoy many of their flavors. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like. I remember this. This uh, I guess it was about a year ago during the summer when we when they were completely shut down and you couldn't get it here, right? Uh, anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not a lot of choice. You would go to the you know I, I shop at convenience stores because I'm a bachelor. Uh, you'd go to the convenience store and they would be like pints of uh, your choices was Ben and Jerry's or Haagen Dazs. I'm like, there's no there's uh. no just good old vanilla and chocolate. You know, it's all got a bunch of stuff in it or it's I don't know. I was right. just like, oh, I miss Bluebell. And mm -hmm. when they finally brought it back, I was like, yay, Bluebell's back! All <laughs> right. Um, you know, oh. It's going to be hard-pressed to, to to buy it again. Yeah. Well, you can always go with H-E-B's uh, Creamy Creations, which is... But then you have to go to H-E-B, and I don't go to H-E-B. Oh, that's right. The H-E-B in your neighborhood is not a, not a fun experience to uh, be a part of, is not it? Not at all. Mm, yeah, okay. Nope, not at all. So what do you do? I go to Randall's. Ah. Uh, um, but like when I go to Randall's, I go in the when I'm at lunch uh, during my real life. When I go to lunch, I'll I'll swing by Randall's. So I don't buy anything that has to be refrigerated uh, because it sits in my car until I go home at night. 
So it's like I buy just canned things and bread and, and soda and stuff like that at Randall's. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if Randall's. So I've never even looked at ice cream at Randall's. I don't even know if they have their own brand or not. Who knows? Yeah. They may have a store brand, you know, that's made by a third party, obviously, but, uh, you know, could yeah, be okay. Who knows? At Randall's. Sometimes at Randall's, they will have the uh, Kroger brand stuff, which there are no Kroger's in Austin for some reason, although there are Kroger's in every other major city in Texas. Oh, they... For some reason, we don't get a Kroger's in Austin. Yeah, I think there there might have used to be, but uh, that's been a long time ago. Uh, yeah. yeah, there used to be a Randall's over here by where I live, but they closed it down, and now it's uh, one of those stores that's like a woman's store that has a D in it, like... Is it D's or double D's? It's not double D's, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a bra uh, store. Anyway. Yes, very good. Yeah, it's double D's. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's it's some kind of. I think it's women's fashion and, and accessories kind of store, and it's. I think it's an alliterated name with two D's in it. Maybe uh. one of them is a girl's name, like Debbie's downers i don't know debbie's downers it's it's not a it's not a randall's anymore it's a drugstore debbie's downers yeah it's a wonderful place um, crazy debbie shops there all the time (laughs) there's a lot of debbies in there i'm sure if you walked in there and went debbie three girls would turn around and go yes sure of Um, course you get little debbie snack cakes there as well they're good. <laughs> now, what's your what's your favorite little Debbie? Uh, coffee cakes. Coffee but I, cakes. But I also like the Swiss roll. Swiss rolls. Oh my <laughs> God! Is there anything better in the world than yeah? Than Swiss? You know what used to be great? What? Little Debbie's two Swiss rolls. You'd open those up, you put it in a bowl, and then you'd put bluebell vanilla ice cream on top. <laughs> oh, you can't now, you, now. We can't do that anymore. Uh, Everyone, little Debbie's for me. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Has this whole show been about food so far? Yeah, I'm afraid so. so far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a college. I had a college roommate who loved the hell out of those little Debbie uh, mini pecan pies, and I thought they were they were shit. I've never. I'm trying to think if I've ever had them. I don't think I have. My dad likes the zebra cakes. Ah. Um, so I've had those, and I think I've had oh their little oatmeal cream sandwich thing. Oh yeah, yeah, those are good. Like, sure, love them. Those, those are pretty good. Yeah. I'm sure I've had the coffee cake before too, but no, I don't think I've ever had the pecan pie. Yeah, good. You don't you don't want it. If you want a pecan pie, get a real pecan <laughs> pie. Don't get some processed piece of shit pecan pie. The only place I've ever had pecan pie that I thought was great is Salt Lake. Yeah. Pecan pie is amazing. Oh, yeah. That's, that's real pecan pie. Sure, absolutely. If it's got more goo than it has pecans, you don't want it. Yeah, and that's what I thought pecan pie was because that's all I'd ever had is from the grocery store where it's that gelatinous goo with pecans on top. And it's horrifying. I don't know how anyone eats that. Right. And so for a long time, I was just like, I don't like pecan pie. And then I had my mom had some at Salt Lake. One day, and I was like, "That that doesn't look like pecan pie. It's not all gelatinous goo." But that's not <laughs> how real pecan pie usually. Anyway, right? The old gelatinous goo. Lake, and now I'm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had some at Salt Lake, and now I am hooked, man. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's some good stuff. So wow. Yeah. Huh. Salt Lake, good. Salt Lake, good. 
Um, so, so you know, other, mm-hmm. than, other than losing Bluebell, it's actually been a good week. Have you had a good week? Yeah, it's actually been a good week. I mean, not a whole lot going on. Actually, the this past weekend was was pretty quiet. Not a whole lot going on. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's okay. But it does kind of limit the amount of things that we can talk to about with our uh, listeners. But uh, there's always well, plenty you know, of stuff. Yeah, I we didn't uh, go out and do anything together this week. Right. Um, although we're going to see each other this coming weekend, so that's cool. Yeah, that's right. What, what's going on with your chair in there, man? That is a noisy fucking chair. What is that? Oh, you hearing my chair squeaking? Oh, Jesus Christ. It's... <laughs> Uh-oh. It's like, we should stop the show and you should go get some WD-40, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... It... It's an old antique wooden chair, and so it's uh, oh. yeah, it's a little squeaky. Sorry about that. Uh, but, it's uh, cool. It's just funny because right. I I could hear it. So. Right. Anyway, um, did you get together with some friends this weekend? I did. I did. I went. Uh, I went out and had. We were gonna go to uh, Fredericksburg and have a meal at have lunch at some place, and I can't even remember the name of the place now. Oh. Like and. Uh, uh, like everything that happens in this world, by Sunday we were like, "Oh, let's just go somewhere in Austin." <laughs> oh, okay. Let's not drive an hour and a half to Fredericksburg just to have lunch. Let's just go someplace here. Okay. So, um, fair enough. Uh, we, it was my friend Molly and uh, Polly at the Gates of Dawn, and oh. we went to a place called Silo here in Austin, over on East Seventh. Huh? Have never you ever heard- been there or heard about it? No, I don't think I've he- ever heard of it. Well, it's got a big silo by it, um, <laughs> well, but I guess it's uh, I guess it's another one of those places where they make craft beer. Ah, okay. I think that's what the silo is supposed to represent, like a big, mm. you know, brewing keg of beer or silo yeah. full of beer that they're making, and it may even be that. I don't know. I know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a big craft beer person, so I didn't have any beer there. They had several choices, but I really didn't even look at it that closely. But the food was amazing. I mean, their, their menu is is um they don't have a big menu it's mainly burgers and a few other things um but uh, food the burger was certainly good we had uh, some deep fried deviled eggs for the appetizer oh that sounds interesting they were good they were ama- actually amazingly good you, the one they're one of those things you like the next day you're craving them you're like oh I want <laughs> more of those deep fried deviled eggs man. dang well, what do they um, what do they garnish those deviled eggs with that makes them so good other than being deep fried no, I don't. You know, I don't think. I'm trying to think. It, all I remember was coating an egg, uh, and then of course they had a nice sauce you could put on them to dip on them. That was that. That was. I don't even know what kind of sauce it was. Okay. We ate them so fucking fast. I have no idea what was in them. All right. Well, I guess that's the answer I was looking for then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was nothing like. There was nothing particularly unique about them other than they were just really good the coating was really good it, they were done well it was nice really okay. nicely done and this and uh, i like them I, molly and uh polly at the gates of Dawn like them too so all right um and then <laughs> but then for dinner for dessert i ordered these apple pie egg rolls which that sounds amazing right apple oh pie egg rolls. yeah i can see that that sounds- sure that that type of uh, uh, wrapping would be very conducive to uh, doing ap- apple apple pie in it or apple insertion or what? Did they use like uh, real wonton wrappers and put apple filling in it? 
unfortunately, I don't know exactly what it was because it wasn't an apple pie egg roll. It was it was apple pie feel, filling, which was oh tasted okay. Um, may have been homemade, may have been out of a can. I couldn't tell. And um, but the the co the um the, the it wasn't an egg roll. It was like a a fried um piece of dough, I guess that uh, was like a taco. It was oh. like a, so that. I think they took an egg roll shell, but instead of rolling it up like an egg roll, which may be hard to do with apple pie filling, <laughs> yeah. they just kind of made a taco out of it. And so it, was, it wasn't It was horrible or anything. It was crispy and interesting, and we had ice cream with it, and it was good. But it wasn't a fucking apple pie egg roll. It was an apple pie taco. So I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Did you say taco originally, and I misheard you as egg roll? No, it was called an apple pie egg roll. But okay, it was not an egg roll. All right, just making yeah, making sure I didn't just dessert. I didn't just go off on a tangent calling it an egg roll uh, from my own imagination. So I'm glad it was actually called no, that. No, no. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very disappointing to or because you 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 visualize it. Ooh, apple pie filling in like an egg roll shell. Right. Up, you know. That sounds amazing and delicious, but an apple pie taco does not. Yeah, it's just kind of man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, and right. it wasn't particularly great. It was okay, but it wasn't particularly good. If it had been, if you'd gotten it and then it was like, oh wait, this is fucking amazing. That would have been one thing, but. And so uh, anyway, we did that, and then afterwards, I was coming back home, and I kind of got turned around. And I uh, ended up down uh, on six East Sixth, where um, uh, Chirp Charlie's used to be. And you know, after Chirp Charlie's was in there, then we went there a couple times, and it was a place called Wonderland. Yes. They just painted it black and, and put the word Wonderland on the front. And, uh, and well, now and a ruler. And a ruler, yeah. Because <laughs> I guess Wonderland makes you think of that movie with John uh, Holmes in it. I don't know. Um, oh. But anyway. Okay. Right. They have got. Um, <laughs> They have got uh, fencing all around that block, except for that one building that was on the end that was a restaurant. I can't remember what that restaurant's called. We've been in there a couple times. Um, uh, but the, it was on the corner. That was right next door to Cheer Up Charlie's? Yeah. Okay, that we went in like there that one time. It's kind of fancy inside, and uh, they had, like, low tables and uh, had a band performing, mm-hmm. and you could order food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember what yeah. the name of the place was. I can't I can't either. That is still there. The rest of the block has has a chain link f- fence up around it, and they have torn down the building that used to be Cheer Ups in Wonderland, and uh, they, all the food trailers are gone from that lot. So they're definitely going to uh, build something there, which supposedly they're going to build a hotel there, I believe. Uh, so they're definitely shit. moving on with that plan. Yeah. Wow. So that that that's what the whole deal place. was, man. You know. Some a big corporation came in and paid off a bunch of the neighbors to uh, complain to the city about too much noise, so that Cheer Up Charlie's would be forced to move eventually, and then, and then the big hotel I mean, yeah. interests swoop in, purchase the property, and bye bye Charlie. Song, probably. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Bye bye food trailers. Right. Bye bye another cool place in Austin. That's been obliterated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was oh, sad man. to see that. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, Austin, it's like I find myself going to places here and there, like going over to East 7th. I probably hadn't been over in that area for for probably at least six months, maybe more like a year. And it's like if you go six months uh, between going, you know, if you haven't seen a neighborhood for six months and you go back, 
something will have changed in this town. It doesn't stay the same for very long. You're going to see something new and something torn down, no matter what neighborhood you go into. Yeah, so it seems. Going to Charlie's was so much fun there. I remember when we discovered that place and we just kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. It you was, know. It was so so unique. Remember, you know, I think my exact words were just like, wow, this is probably, you know, the, the way Austin club scene was in the, you know, the 70s yeah. and 80s, you know, that kind of a feel. I remember that. When we went down to East 6 for the first few times, we were like, and, you know, we would walk up and down East 6 and go to Rio Rito's and we've been to the – yeah. The Brixton a couple times, and there's a couple right. other places there I've been a couple times. Uh, and, uh, and we were like, this is Sputnik. what it was like. Sputnik. Sputnik, yeah. yeah. And um, we were like, this is what it was like uh, in, to walk down 6th Street uh, 20, 30 years ago. It was actually starting to become this kind of cool mm-hmm. neighborhood. And then, of course, they started charging for parking and blah, blah, blah. And now it's just another one of those places that's like, yeah, I guess we could go. Right. Wow. <laughs> oh, the place across from where Cheerups was too. Um, the um, Violet Crown. Violet Crown Social yeah. Club. Yes. Uh, is a place I, that's that's a place I like going. So. Right. Is it still there? Um. To the best of I, you know, I didn't notice, but I'm pretty sure it is because it's been there a long time, and I don't think anything's happening to it anytime soon. All right. I hope not. Okay. Um. Okay. We're, it seems like we're going like sad story, happy story, sad story, <laughs> happy story. Okay. So, so helps I, to I, break I got a it happy up. Story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're not downers all the time. I was online a few weeks ago, and like on Facebook, I follow Gary Newman because I love Gary Newman's '80s stuff so much. Sure, and, me too. Um, I know. You saw him in at, at a festival not too long ago. Yeah, Fun 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 Fest. Either was it last year or two years ago? I can't remember now. But uh, yeah. yeah, he, he performed of, there. Mm-hmm. He kind of does a little bit of uh, more like an industrial kind of thing now. Um, um, yeah, I guess you would call it maybe, and maybe even a, a little a little more poppy even as well. What's the uh, uh, the punk band from the 90s? Uh, Green Day. As a matter of fact, I remember telling Sierra that it was Gary Newman channeling Green Day channeling Gary Newman. But yeah, when I saw him at Fun 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 Fest, he did a mixture of his old stuff with his new stuff. And like you said, it's a little more industrial, leaning toward harder rock feel than you know his more uh, electronic stuff that he did in the 80s yeah i mean i guess well there's a lot of stuff that comes out now that has a real 90s not 90s 80s vibe to it there's been a couple of groups come out with with albums that i'm like man that that could have been released in the 80s and and it would have felt you know it would have felt normal or whatever yeah but uh, so like i love gary newman's like the triumvirate really is um uh replicas uh pleasure principle and then telecon those yeah. three albums are amazing. Yeah. Well, so last year in England, he did some concerts where he played the whole albums at the concert. Oh, and wow. One night he did uh, one night he did Replicas, one night he did Pleasure Principle, hmm. and one night he did Telecon. And I was like, Jesus, to go see those shows would be amazing. Right. Yeah. Can well, you imagine? They were, they, yeah, that would be so great. And he's doing it still. He does it still, but he's not hasn't done it. I think he's actually done it in the states, maybe in New York or somewhere. But he hasn't really toured it fully 
anywhere. It's just oh. one of those things he does sometimes. Okay. Like I don't think I don't think he'll ever do a tour where he comes to Austin and does that. But you know, you never know. Yeah, um, you can dream. So they released uh, three CDs with the three concerts where he did those three albums as as compact discs. Nice. And I found them on his official website. The only way I could find to get them was through his official website. And in in his official website, it's all it's in all in euros, of course, because he's in Europe. Um, right. And so. I bought them online, and they were 25 euros each. Well, I used PayPal, so by the time I did the 25 euros plus shipping plus translated to U.S. dollars, plus I'm sure there was some sort of fee for for sending it to the United States, for the three CDs, it ended up being like $120. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, should should I do this? Okay, fuck it. I'm going to do it. It's a little pricey. (laughs) However... That they had a secret surprise once you actually received them, and what was that secret surprise? Oh well, let me get to let me get to that. Okay. Because first, what happened? What first? What happened was I waited about a month probably and didn't see them, and I'm like, eh, uh-huh. they're coming from Europe. They're probably not going to come, you know, immediately. Eh, right. You know, I'll I'll give it another couple of days. Finally, I, I I was like, okay, they should they should definitely have been here by now. I'm going to go back on Gary Newman's website and see if I can see if there's anything that says they've been shipped or anything that tells me anything, right? Right. So I go on I go on the website and pull it up, and sure enough, I can see everything. And the address that is on there that they ship them to is the address that I used to live at in Austin, which is a street that doesn't even fucking exist anymore. <laughs> oh, on Arena. Yeah, on Arena Drive, which is now called something else, I can't even remember South Shore Drive or something. It's where the condos are now. Right. Um. So I'm like, fuck. They could be anywhere. Who knows where they delivered those or what? Where they are? How did so they? How did, was a thing. How did they know to send it to Arena, or did you just had an old address on on something, and that's why they shipped it uh, there? I think it was the old address I had on my PayPal account. It was oh. the address on my PayPal account. Okay. And I didn't snap to it when I ordered them. Right. Because I don't really understand how PayPal works. It just charges your credit card anyway. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. But I, that's the way I did it. It's so, like so, magic. Yeah. <laughs> so I sent uh, an email to Gary Newman's website because they had that contact us kind of thing. Okay. And just said, you know, I bought, I bought these. Here's the order number. The address that was on there is an old address of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. Have they come back to you? And... The great thing about this whole story is the the folks at Gary Newman's website would would email me back within a day. They they had amazing customer service. That's great. Um, so they email they email me back. No, we haven't seen them, but when they if they show up, we'll let you know. Well, sure enough, about a week later, they sent me an email. They have come back to us. Um, mm. We can reship these. And I think I said, oh, that's fantastic. How can what what do I need to do to to get them resent? And they were like, well, you need to pay us for shipping again. Oh. Um, and, and, and you can send, which, you know, it's not their fault that they went to the wrong address. Well, I know, and, uh, I know. And it just hurts a little bit. So, yeah. So, but at this point, I'm already 120 bucks in. So, so, <laughs> right. So, anyway, you're locked. Long story short, they, long story short, they basically set it up so I could go back in PayPal and, and pay X amount to them. And I think it was, it was seven and a half euros, which ended up being about 12 bucks. Um, to have them resend it. Okay. So sure enough, they resent. Uh, they resent. Yeah, it wasn't crazy pricey. They no. resent it, and I got them uh, a few days later. Okay. So 
I'm at work and I, because I had them sent to my work because that's the easiest way for me to get stuff. And I open up the box and sure enough, there are my three Gary Newman CDs mm-hmm. of each show, the, the replica show, the pleasure principle show, the telecom show. Yeah. And all three of the CD covers are signed by Gary Newman. Whoa. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Wow. I was like, Oh my God, this makes it all worth it. Have them signed by him. You had no idea that that's what you were actually purchasing, huh? I, I guess I, if I did, I had forgotten because definitely okay. on the receipt, I was like, oh, does the receipt say anything? Because, well, you know, if you've got proof that it came from his company, yeah. then, this, you know, you've got proof that those are real signatures. Oh, like and if, it, if the receipt the, said autographed, okay. And it did. It said signed copy. Oh, nice. Um, Good. Yeah. So either that was what I bought and I had just forgotten or right. I, I, you know, it wasn't on there and I didn't, but whatever I was, you know, whether I, whether that was what that was supposed to be, what I originally ordered or however, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. I'm sure you're one happy boy. I am. And they're fantastic live shows. Mm-hmm. Amazingly great. Wow. Really cool because it, because the songs definitely sound like the album, but yet they're also not. <laughs> okay. They're also, you can tell they're, they're new live shows, but uh-huh. many of the songs sound almost if they were lifted right off the album. And okay. then there are some other songs that he, that he's changed up a little bit, but it's always good. It's always sounds fantastic. Terrific. The only, the only real letdown is, is Cars, which there's a thousand versions of that anyway. Well, but yeah, The live sure. version of Cars is kind of a, he just kind of does it and it's like, let's do it. It's three and a half minutes and then we'll be done. And it is a little more rocking than the original version. So it's like, eh, yeah. you don't want something that sounds just like a repeat of the original. Okay, right. And I bet you he wasn't sit. I bet you he wasn't sitting in a, a very small <laughs> uh, electric a car bit. on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, uh, which is the greatest thing ever. Sure. Second only to Klaus Nomi. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're refer- Yeah, for our listening audience, we're referencing the uh, version that was seen on Erg a Music War. Ah, uh, yeah, where Gary Newman sings. He sings down in the park, though. Isn't he sings down in the park? But he's in oh, a little car. That's right. You're right. Absolutely right. But, yes. Thank you for for uh, yes. <laughs> setting me straight on that issue. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because because his biggest hit is Cars, and in that movie, he's playing down in the park but sitting in a little car uh-huh it's it's uh irony i think that's what you call irony yeah <laughs> but i think isn't that it, yeah that's true but i guess isn't down in the park isn't it something about a, he was in an automobile accident or something i can't remember well, he now. says i was in a car crash or was it the war but it's really about uh being a male prostitute i think it's oh down the park wow <laughs> damn I think. Okay. I mean, that's how I've always read it. But okay, you know. well, yeah, I, I I would trust your uh, take on that, being that you're much more of an expert on Gary Newman than I am. That's for sure. Well, I do I do love Gary Newman, but yeah, he, he's one of many '80s new wave stars that I love. But yes. yeah, I think Newman wrote a book. I've never read it. I remember reading an ep- excerpt from it somewhere, and maybe it was even on one of the CD uh, re-releases. Where he talks about where he kind of, you know, there are a lot of people who thought he was like a male prostitute when he was before he was a, a rock star. Oh, uh, when he was, hmm. you know, before he was known. And yeah. um, he, he he brushes that off as a kind of a pose that he took 
from seeing that around him and, and but you know not something that he actually did and oh you can okay that if you <laughs> want to well yeah yeah <laughs> he's sure a good observer yeah he wasn't a male prostitute <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was, he was trying to uh, tap into the uh bowie and androgyny thing too oh i think totally that yeah. whole feel certainly yeah. mm-hmm. that whole and the and the um and the cachet of uh, affected isolation and disillusion that comes with all of that. It's certainly great fodder for for electronic new wave dark music. <laughs> right. It certainly, yeah. certainly adds an extra air of mystery. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> and um, certainly seems um, uh, not alternative, but, you know, like a very, not ghetto, but you know what I'm saying. Definitely something that uh, someone who's on the edge of society, the fr- very fringe, right? Very gives fringe it, feel. Gives yeah. it some street cred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, um, I, I got a lot of other stuff on my list here. Most of it is shows that I watched this week because the fall TV season is coming back. Right. Uh, was there okay. anything else we were going to talk about? No, I I had I was uh, interested in I was thinking about um, you know American Horror Story started up uh, again last week I think mm-hmm. have you have you seen any of that I've only seen a couple episodes because my nephew watch watches it and oh. I I didn't care for it the episodes okay. I saw were a couple seasons ago oh and it was all right two, two gay guys in tidy whities and then the, one of them. Kills the other one. Okay. And I'm like, that, well, that's a positive image. Well, you know, with American Horror Story, every season is a different story. Right. Like, you know, the, I think the first season was like Murder House, and the second season was something else. And one was, you know, American Horror Story Freak Show. One was American Horror Story Asylum. One was American mm-hmm. Horror Story in, in New Orleans. I don't know what that one was called. But the latest one is right. Amer- American Horror Story... Roanoke. Uh, they also uh, so, some of the uh, yeah. some of the graphics say my Roanoke nightmare, but it's really just American Horror Story Roanoke. And you know, I'm not too sure about this season yet. You know, because I'm but I'm only like a uh, episode and a half in, so I don't know anything about it. Uh, uh, or I, I I'm just not. I haven't been pulled in yet by the storyline yet. I mean, it's really. Uh, I'll just give you a little sh- tiny short blurb. We can go on from there. But it's uh, okay. it's like a married couple that used to live in L.A. and some bad things happen in L.A. So that the husband, played by uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and his wife, who was played by Sarah Paulson, I think their characters' names are Matt and Shelby Miller, they decide to move back to North Carolina, where Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character grew up, and so they buy this old two-story farmhouse. They call it, but I, I'd call it a, a small mansion because it's very beautiful and ornate inside and it's kind of out in the middle of the woods and uh so his character is away on you know business and his wife starts seeing apparitions in the house and strange happenings going on and the way they're shooting it this season they're shooting it like one of those real life ghost story tv shows where you've got oh you've got mm -hmm. the You've got the actual people being interviewed, you know, who supposedly experienced a haunting of some sort. And then you've got uh, uh, dramatic 
uh, recreations of the actual events. So, so in American Horror Story, they've got two sets of actors playing the different parts. So the so-called real-life people who are just being interviewed against a flat background are being played by uh, Lily Rabb and Andre Holland. And then the so-called dramatization characters are Cuba Gooding Jr. and Sarah Paulson. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wow, you all – yeah, you almost make it sound interesting. <laughs> well, the, the, well, the premise is interesting. I'm just not sure that the subject material that they're that they're covering is all that exciting. But you know, it's right. early. I haven't seen a whole. I've only seen an episode and a half, so we're still in the you know the setup phase of sh- shit going on. You know, and there's strange things right. hap- happening in the woods. And uh, oh, I forgot to mention that they when they bought this house, they bought it very cheap. Because there was an auction, and they were bidding against some rednecks who also wanted to buy it. And uh, i got to mention, one of the rednecks was Chaz Bono, which was uh, quite a surprise oh, to wow. see. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So anyway, at first, they're thinking that all of these strange occurrences, and they, you know, they, they found a dead pig on their front porch and stuff like that, and other strange events like I mentioned earlier, they think it's the rednecks that have been doing this sort of thing. They don't think it's necessarily anything supernatural at first. But then later on, they, they hear some noises and go out into the woods and see people like dressed up in clothes from the, the early 1800s or late 1700s or something doing some weird rituals and, and uh, human sacrifices with pig's heads and, you know, people hanging on crosses and weird shit like that. And, but that, wow. you know, they, they call the police and, the, you know, the police come and they don't see anything or they did actually see the aftermath of one of the, uh, sacrifices, which was just like a, a pig head on a crossbeam that was set on fire. So the husband, being black, think it's you know some sort of a racial thing that's being perpetrated against them by the the redneck guys. Is but it, obviously, it it's not the case. Be, is it supposed to be 2016? Or yes. Is it set in another time. It's it's set in present day. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still. I'm still on the fence about it, you know, maybe a few episodes in. I may talk about it again, and I'll, I might say, hey, hell yeah, this is the best season. Or I may say, eh, maybe not so good. The jury is still out. The jury is still out. I, d- I don't know why I never got into American Horror Story. I'm not a big horror fan. I don't I don't really care for the genre, per se, but, uh, okay. you know, I, but I, other than that, sometimes when a show gets a lot of buzz, I'll just get an anti-feeling towards it because it's so popular. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with American Horror Story. So many people were losing their shit over how great it was, and I just was like, eh, it, it doesn't look that great. And I've watched a couple episodes, and it's like, eh, it's okay. It's, right. so, but I, I realize people are very fanatical about it, and um, you know, I, you know, there's always the possibility that if I really let myself get into it, I would like it. Right. Um, but, but let me ask you this question. Okay. If it's called American Horror Story Roanoke, why aren't they in West Virginia? Um, good question. Maybe that uh, <laughs> will be answered uh, soon. I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's like, definitely yeah. yeah, this story's definitely taking place in North Carolina, which I guess is right next door to uh, Virginia, right? So, you know, close enough. Uh, they're close, I would say. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Or right. maybe Roanoke's right on the border or something. I don't know. We'll have to get on a map at some point. <laughs> right. So. 
Or if uh, one of our list- if one of our listeners out there is a geography buff, email us and let us know. Slope. Where the fuck is it? Yeah, slope at ltvpod.com. Or check out our Facebook page. You can leave comments there. I do believe that's true. We have the Facebook page open where anyone can leave comments. I'm I may be wrong. No, I, I, my, you're, you're right. I don't, okay, good because I don't understand how settings on Facebook work. So uh, um, okay, <laughs> I hope cool. that's the case. <laughs> so yeah, on Facebook, if you just type in a slippery slope there by the magnifying glass, I do believe it will take you to our page. Right. I'm going to hype the show that I, is is starting to just become my favorite show on TV right now. Okay. I, I have fallen in love. There's a, this channel called Vice that we've talked about this show before. A channel called Vice Land that's run by the same people who run Vice Magazine. <clears throat> and I found out this week oh. because they've got some ads on TV about it that the channel is kind of being not run really, but kind of the the overseeing creative person for it is director Spike Jones. Oh, I so didn't know that. I don't know exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I don't know. So this channel's only been on since February of this year. Yeah. And I, I, I think it used to be called something else. It was like a, it was like um, I don't even know what it was. It was an A and E channel or something. Okay. So they completely revamped the channel. Spike Jones is kind of the creative director and overseer of it. And they, this is the channel that has the vacation show with the, yeah. the, the girl in Juno. Oh my God, her name just went out of my head. Um, uh, Ellen. Page. Ellen Page. Yeah. Uh, and it's got this show that I love called Abandon, where it's this guy right. uh, that we talked about it last episode. Yeah, we um, did. Where he, he and he's he's a skater, and so I've noticed in there've been there've been three episodes on so far when we're taping this, and in two of the three he does skate. So uh, that is slightly slightly annoying because of skating. <laughs> Release the McCracken. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems like. Like so, in this latest episode that I that just aired this week, he goes to St. Louis, and there are a lot because St. Louis has been a city that many people have left over the last couple of decades. There uh-huh. are a ton of empty schools there, and so he Ooh. goes in some empty school buildings, and um, and one of the things he does in one of them is skate because other other part of it is too that he's found out about these places. From other skaters who go in there, who break in and, and skate, but he goes yeah. and gets permission. Okay, they film there and all that. Like every show, every episode they've done of this show, it's fascinating. He talks to people. He talks to these people. You know, like he'll talk to someone who went. To, he went with someone who went to one of the high schools, and yeah. they go in and look around. And you know, you see someone in this shitty, dilapidated, decaying building that used to be their high school that they went to every day for four years. That was a big part of their life. And, you know, and then they see what it is now. And, and obviously they, you know, it affects them emotionally. Right. Um, Of course. It's just really interesting. And, Hmm. um, I was, I was thinking too, that, um, here's this show. And I mean, part of my deal is I just think old buildings that are falling down, dilapidated buildings are kind of cool looking. I've always thought they were extent, aesthetically interesting i've always enjoyed driving through neighborhoods where where you know old neighborhoods i love old buildings that are intact as well but i mean mm-hmm. i don't know why that appeals to me i think it's just aesthetically interesting but, yeah um it's interesting walking through old buildings because you, you don't know what kind of weird artifacts you may come across well that's part of it too it's archaeological to a certain degree um but it's funny that this show that is about abandoned places and abandoned buildings 
Yeah. They really make it a show about people because he's always talking to people. And what's really cool is sometimes right. there'll be someone like in the show in, in uh, St. Louis, there were some kids kind of hanging. They weren't kids, teenagers mm-hmm. hanging out on one of the playgrounds at one of these old schools that's shut down. And yeah. he just kind of talks to them a little bit. And it really becomes a show about people, not not abandoned buildings at all. And right. they just do it really well. He's a good host. He, he kind of just lets people talk and and, uh, you know, and just kind of is a real easygoing guy. I don't know. I, I fucking right. love the show. I just think it's great. Right. I can't wait to see the, the next one. But that's an interesting angle, I mean, because, you know, buildings are nothing without, you know, the people who create stories and history inside of them, you know. So that's an, yeah. a really cool uh, take that he's doing. Yeah, I like that. It is, it is, because it's it's history, because he'll tell a little bit, you know, he talks a little bit about the history of St. Louis and when it was kind of a boom town 30, 40 years ago. And yeah, so there's history, there's culture, pop culture and culture and, uh, you know, uh, and and human emotion and many things in this uh, in this show. There's it, it seems very simple on the just, you know, on the outside. Uh, but yeah. when you really watch the show. It's it's actually fairly interesting and co- there's some complex mm-hmm. emotions. Yeah. So yeah. It's it it really, sounds like that. Really, okay. Really becoming one of my favorites. All right, I got to start okay. rec- recording some vice vice or vice land shows. They're really good. Yeah. There's a I mean they do there's a show they have on there about marijuana called it's like weed etiquette weed weed etiquette I think it's called. Okay. Um, and there's there's some guy named a- Action Bronson I think is his name. That does a show that I don't know what the fuck that's about. Some of the shows are kind of aimed at males eighteen to twenty-four, oh. and, but there are lots of things that are that are universal that are on there. Okay. Um, so it can it can it can be a little hit and miss, I'm sure. If sure. you watch it, it just it has to be something you're kind of interested in. But oh. abandoned, mm. uh, and and what's nice is they show many of their shows more than once, so you can get a chance to see them. Um, okay. Abandoned is definitely worth catching and checking out okay so some other stuff i'm, I'm gonna try and go through quickly all right i watched a bunch of stuff this week project runway is back i love project runway <laughs> this season looks interesting can't wait to see what happens with this season i'm sure i will have some more uh, uh opinions uh formed after a couple more episodes but right now they have a really okay they, they, they have a really diverse group of people i'm uh, i'm interested to see and some of them are super talented already yeah um, so i'm interested to see what happens there yeah sierra was watching um, that show last season and i watched some along with her and i yeah i found it interesting it it's it, it's definitely more interesting than a kardashian show yeah yeah well what i like about it one of the things that appealed to me was you know there's a couple shows where uh there are elimination shows like project runway most of them used to be cooking shows. And how can you judge a cooking show? You can't taste the fucking food. I don't get what the appeal is, yeah. although I've watched a few of them. Well, With Project yeah. Runway, you, you can see the clothes they create, and you can have a definite opinion about that. You know, That's what I like about it is – I, you know, you can judge it yourself just as an average person who, you know, I'm not even, sure. I don't know anything about fashion. I, right. It's just like art. I know what I like and I either like it or I don't. And, yeah. And then, of course, the, the, um, when you get 15 or 12 creative people in a room together, 
something interesting is going to happen. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it could be some really cool collaboration or it could be some really uh, vile dust-ups, you know, uh, arguments and fights. Yeah, you never yeah. know. But, so, yeah, sometimes it's a little manufactured drama, but most times of course. it's genuine and, and character – I mean, personality-driven – there's not a lot of manufactured drama on Project Runaway, in my opinion. There's a little. There is on every well, reality show. But, you know, but, fashion designers are are pretty much divas by definition. Not all of them, but there's you can well, be exactly. I mean, you can be guaranteed. People, there's like, sure there's always going to be somebody who's just extremely high high opinion of themselves and everybody else is beneath them. So that can that can add right, to the drama exactly. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and they usually that's, that's one thing I like about it. Right. And they usually get their comeuppance. Absolutely. Which is the best part. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I do like I do like that as just a guy sitting on the couch. I can judge the clothes, too. Um, sure. You know, a and E did a couple seasons of a show about artists that was very similar where they did challenges and made artwork and then people would get eliminated as it went on. And I can't yeah. remember what that show was called. Um, but I love that show too, because art is one of those things that, that you can judge, right. You can say whether you like it or not. There was also a a special effects artist show like that where they actually created, uh, you know, uh, latex creatures and uh, interesting, uh, costumes and stuff. That was uh, a a pretty cool show. yeah. Yeah. Special effects. Yeah. Well, and Project Runway has done a show about accessories that was similar and I can't, they only did one season of that. Which I didn't really watch. That the sounds other thing horrible. That Project Runway has, it wasn't very good. The <laughs> other thing that they've done that has been amazing is they've had a couple seasons where they've done uh, teenagers, young kids doing fashion design. Um, yeah. They, called it, they, they, called, they did one season. I can't remember what it was called. And then the second time they did it, they called it Project Runway Junior, of course. All right. And it was actually really good because, okay. because it's, you know, it's cool to see kids do things. And they all had, were very passionate, and of course, someone has to win and someone has to lose. Yes. And so, uh, you know, you would see kids who did amazing things for someone their age still lose, and you're like, Jesus, that's tough. Um, yeah. But I really yeah. loved Project Runway Junior. It was it was an interesting show. I hope they do some more seasons like that. Right. Because yeah. it's just cool to see creative kids. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Who doesn't like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So my other show I've been watching, well, I don't know how many I watch, but, you know, me, I watch this and that. Right, um, you the do. The Prince Charming show. Oh, uh, shit. Finding oh, Prince yeah. Char- right. Prince Charming on Logo. Um, huh. I'm just going to say it's it's okay. It There's been a lot of drama, and I was like, Jesus Christ, yes, you put 12 gay guys in a house. There's going to be a lot of fucking drama. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that part is a little depressing. Okay. But, the show's the show's still interesting. I mean, I don't again. I don't watch The Bachelor. I don't know how that goes. Uh-huh. The Bachelorette. I don't know exactly what they do on those shows. The thing on Finding Prince Charming because it's gay guys in a in a Bachelorette type show, you know, right? Um, where there's twelve guys and there's Prince Charming and he's they win dates with him and do all this stuff with him, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the thing that's kind of horrible about it is, uh, you know how on The Bachelorette they give you a rose. Yes. On Finding Prince Charming, he give, he gave all of them a tie at the beginning of the show, and if he knocks them off the show, he asks for his tie back, and it's just kind of stupid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of dumb. Well, just be like, uh, uh, I mean, John, I'm going to ask you for my tie back. Well, it has the you know it has the same impact as 
giving a rose or not. So, you know, whatever. It's yeah, kind of, it's just kind of dumb. It's a contrivance uh, either way you look at it. So yeah. I, Surely they could have come up with something better, but it is what it is. I think yeah. also what's really funny about the show is is like the guy who's the Finding Prince Charming guy, it, you know, none of the guys on the show are particularly this is this is going to sound really stereotyped but i'm gay so i can say it okay. some of the guy none of the guys are particularly super effeminate none of the guys are particularly super masculine they're okay. all just normal guys yeah. and so it's interesting when you see him go on dates with different guys to see who's because he is the guy they're all trying to impress of course just like in any dating show yes but some of them some of them kind of take the uh, uh, take a, um, a not aggressive, but, you know, some, there's like tops and there's bottoms. Some yeah. of them are kind of kind of treat him like he's the 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 more submissive of the two. And other guys are m- more submissive. And, huh. you know, no one I, no one has asked him. Uh-huh. Uh, are, are you a top or are you a bottom? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny. Well, that could be you guys. That could be a critical factor. In the selection well, that's process, what I'm saying. right? I, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. There's been a couple guys that have been aggressive, not, and I'm not talking overly aggressive, but just in the thing where they'll they'll go to him and grab his hand and pull him aside to talk to him. You oh. know, they don't wait for him to come to them, and just little things like that. Where I'm like, you know, you don't know if that, you know, you know you're just guessing whether or not that's a turn on for him or not for yeah. you to be more aggressive or submissive. Uh-huh. You know, and we're not talking about big swings here. We're talking about small generalities, but right, yeah. So we're... that's kind of that's been kind of interesting. <laughs> right, there's there's no bondage happening. Exactly, yeah. Okay. There's no there's no there's no. I'm gonna get gross here. There's no butt fucking going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I realize, you know, it's very stereotypical to think that all gay relationships, one of the guys is submissive and one of the guys is aggressive or or dominant. That, right. You know, that's not true. That's not true in any way, any more than it is within any male-female dynamic. But in a, right. in a boy-girl relationship, the male is considered to be the more dominant. Whether he really is or not is another story. Um, right. Sometimes, but, uh, yeah, but, people people just fall into roles because they think that's what's expected of them. Right, what the mm. other person wants or whatever. Right. Um, and, I mean, that happens in gay relationships too, you know. Um, but it's interesting because – because these are early dates, they're not mm. doing anything more than holding hands and kissing and stuff. Sure. That you it's, know, you, with with this guy who's the the main guy that they're all trying to to date, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to judge with him whether he's more turned on by someone who's aggressive or submissive. He hasn't really given any any patience to show you what he's looking for when it comes to that. So yeah, he's keeping his cards close to his chest at the moment. He is, yeah. It's, it's kind of still so, the uh, getting to know you phase, right? And in again, in a, I guess it's just interesting to see that dynamic because I think in a boy-girl relationship, it's a little more clearly drawn, or at least it's a little more uh, expected. You know, it's a little more. You tend to know who's going to be aggressive and who isn't. Uh, in, a, in a not a, aggressive isn't the right word, but you know what I'm saying. The yeah. Aggressor. Sure. Uh, and in a gay uh, dating show, it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've watched many of the Bachelorettes, have you? Um, if if any, it was you know one or two, not a lot. Yeah, yeah, I've never watched that show, so I mean, I don't know if they've ever had a Bachelorette who was like a real uh, uh, ball busting uh, uh, aggressive girl. 
Probably not. Yeah, because that because that could actually be interesting. But yeah, anyway. yeah, it could be. You know. Hmm. I feel like I'm going to get flack for what I just said about all that because it's well good. But I, I, I'm not I'm not saying it well. You're just, I, I, what I'm trying to say is in a in a male female show like that the dynamic is a little more expected and 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 obvious. And in a gay dating show, uh-huh. it's not necessarily known. Yeah. There's no expectation there of what one person might be feeling as opposed to the other. And that makes it a little more interesting. But that's mm. all I'm trying to say. Okay. No, I get it. Hey, you're, you're, okay, you're, cool. you were describing it as, as best as you could. And if somebody takes offense to that, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. So. Okay. Um, another show I started watching is... Do you, do you ever watch Louie on FX? The uh, Louis C.K. show? Louis C- oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Of course. Loved it. So he stopped doing Louie for a while, and he doesn't right. say... He's like, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But And he had that, he had that online were, thing. Uh, what was that one called? Uh, something and Pete. Horace and Pete. Horace and Pete, yeah. Yeah, Horace and Pete. I really want to see that. I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to plunk down my money to see it because I love Louis C.K. Right. It's supposed to be pretty dark, and I'm really interested in what it's like. Yeah. Um, that's what I've heard. But he, he had a. There's a girl who was on his show. Her name is Pamela Adlon. She pay, played his love interest on the show a couple of times. Okay. And uh, she's actually the person who does the voice of Bobby Hill in King of the Hill. Oh no shit! Oh okay. Oh, I know the character you're talking about on Louie. It's, uh, yeah, she's the one that was always making fun of him and, and belittling him. And, you know, it turns out that she, she just wanted actually to be loved. But <laughs> I don't think it ever worked. They right, ended up they being. They had a relationship. Yeah, but then they, didn't they just end up be, being friends at some point in time? I can't remember now. Yeah, it ended up not working out because. Right. Because, and it was funny because he wanted the more what we would expect from a female person. He wanted the more togetherness and love and holding hands and, and, yeah. and gentleness and that kind of stuff. And she just kind of wanted a fuck buddy kind of a right. more than that. But you know, she, it was, she wasn't interested in all that. Right. It was a strange uh, relationship, but you know, yeah, it kind of worked and for them. So well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So well. And just, just really interesting. Like, there's a great scene where they take a bath together, where he gets in a bath with her uh, after she's given him a bunch of shit, and right. then she gets in a bathtub and tells him, you know, and he's a, he's nervous about being naked in front of her, and she doesn't, <laughs> you know, she's like, I don't, I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. And um, that was just done super, really well. Just two mm-hmm. adult characters. You know, I love Louie. That show is an right. amazing show. Okay. Um, so she has her own show now on FX called Getting Better. Nice. Uh, getting, getting Better. Okay. Stranger Things. Better, better Things? Better Things, I think, is what it's called. Better okay. Things. Not Stranger hmm. Things. It's Better Things. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and um, so I watched the – so there's been three episodes. I watched the first one, and I hated it, and I was like, oh, this is horrible. She mm. plays like an actress. She's got three daughters – One's about ten, one's about twelve, one's about fifteen. Yeah. Um. And and her, uh, she doesn't have a, a husband, so it's just her and the three girls. And and she goes out on auditions, and she's actually in some movies. And they they, they explore more of her character. Of course, they there's no immediate setup when you kind of like with Louis. There's no immediate setup. 
you just have to watch the show every week and you learn a little bit more of her backstory and stuff. Okay, right. Um, it's not they're not hitting you over the head with plot points. You're having to right. uh, learn things as it goes along. I like shows like that. Right. Yeah, it's um, I for some reason I just didn't like the first one. The kids were annoying. I was oh. like, yeah, she's just an actress, blah blah blah. And then um, I just said, no, I'm going to give it another chance because Louis writes and directs with her on some of the episodes. Oh, cool! And he's like an executive producer and everything. Well, it's okay. it's just mm-hmm. gotten better every episode. So okay. uh, I'm starting I'm starting to fall in love with it and think it's a really great show. And it's just what network is it on? It's on FX as well. Okay, it's on FX. Okay. It's on FX on Thursday nights. Um, okay. It's, uh, hmm. it's just one of those shows like Louie that uh, grows on you over time. It, the characters are interesting. The storylines are interesting. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes it's just a very slice of life out of her day kind of thing like you would find on Louie. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. story driven. Sometimes it's just kind of a, you know, a, a moment in time kind of a thing. There was there was a hilarious thing tonight with her. She, there's a lady, it's a British lady, uh, who plays her mom, uh, who who told the story on the episode I saw tonight that was just made me laugh out loud. So it, it's like okay. it's one of those things where it has poignant moments, it has hilarious moments, um, much like Louis, but but yet different. But that same kind of almost like you're watching a, a an independent movie, but that's done in segments or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Um, All right. Well, I'll have to, I'll have yeah. to look for it. I'll look for it. Yeah, it's okay. a good show. It's really, you know, All half right. hour, easy, really worth watching. All right. Um, did you watch True the Walking Dead this week? Yes, I did. We're, yeah, still bored with it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. That's fine. Well, the only thing that was great about it was, um, you know, it was the, we watched the episode where the, the Strand gets stabbed by the crazy mom in the hotel. Oh, God. Yeah. And, how long? Yeah, how long do you think she's going to be living? Yeah, exactly. It's like that's right. nutty. Yeah, there, I, I think there's going to come a time where she's going to be dealt with, uh, probably in a, a more kind way than she deserves. Uh, but then it's going to backfire, and then they're just going to have to end up putting her down like a like a you know a lame horse. Maybe so. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It, it got it. This episode got crazy with the mom uh, and. Um, who was it that went to the the mom and the the husband? I think the the groom uh, went to the um, the uh, Costco, <laughs> the post apocalyptic Costco. Oh, the Pelicano. Where, where, where they took some fish that they caught and traded it for. I think they were trying to get medicine for for Strand. Right, so that they could. Uh, and then yeah, because he's been stabbed. Right. And then, um, <laughs> then when the mom's there, someone says something about a. A greasy teenage boy, and she's like, "That's my son! It's my son! The greasy teenage boy is my son!" So and she goes nuts. Let me turn this big <laughs> giant red beacon on so everybody within a thirty square mile zone can conglomerate on the hotel. Exactly, and yeah. the only she turns interesting the hotel thing about side. all of that, right? Yeah, the only interesting thing about that was then there's then there's Travis who sees it. So right, Travis is about to be back in the story. So. Sure. Uh, and it looked like I, I try not to watch the next week's coming scenes, you know, uh, the teaser stuff they do, because I don't want to know anything about it beforehand. OK. Um, right. And it looked but it did look like there was going to be Chris and Travis in the next episode, which is the only storyline I really think is interesting on the whole show. Um, 
Yeah, I would tend to agree with that at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. See what happens there. Right. Um. So, yeah. Let's see. It's good did you stuff. watch the Emmys? I did not watch any of the Emmys. Uh, but, I can't uh, remember what else was on, but I was flipping back and forth on channels. Maybe, maybe it was, I can't remember what night it was on. Yeah, all I know is that uh, Orphan Black finally got uh, some of its propers, or at least the uh, lead actress on Orphan Black, whatever her name is. uh, I I don't know. I don't watch that show either. Okay. Yeah, she was great. So it's about time that she finally got an award. Well, that was because the the same thing was kind of cool for me because uh, Remy Malek, who's the main guy on Mr. Robot, won Best Actor. Oh, that's cool. And he's awesome. That show is awesome. It, it just uh, just last night, they from when we're taping this, uh, was the last episode of season two that ends with more craziness. I'm telling you, it's the only show on TV right now that makes me want to go back and watch it from the beginning again because oh. there's just so much going on and it's so dense and right. so uh, complex that uh, and, and it just keeps having these cool plot twists that you don't expect. Um, where you like they, you know, they started talking about some stuff in the last episode of the second season that totally talks about where it started as a show, which makes you want to go back to the oh. beginning and okay. watch watch it all again now, knowing what has happened, what has been revealed in the season finale of of this the second season. Um, so it's it's amazing, amazing, amazing show. Can't wait to see okay. season three and um i do think i'm gonna have to get the dvds and, and re-watch them and take and take notes and make pie charts <laughs> all right and uh, i'll reiterate uh, it uh because of the way you've uh, raved about it i'm gonna have to uh, start watching it so there we go yeah yeah it's another one of those shows i wish we lived mm-hmm. closer so we could just hang out and watch yeah i know that, yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool so uh, yeah. anyway, on uh, Orphan Black, her name is Tatiana Maslani, I believe. What is it? Tatiana Maslani. That's so, a name. Yeah, that's I tell you. Wow. Yeah, that's what's kept her out of the Emmys so far. People were having a hard time pronouncing <laughs> her name. You got you got to be able to right. say to say the name. Yeah. Well, we're getting okay. a little, we're getting a little long on time. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention about this uh, series that I've been watching. It's a Netflix original. I'm already uh, like two seasons in. It's called uh, Bloodlines, and no, it is not a vampire TV show, I assure you. It's a little more closer to home. It's a great story, and this show has had an emotional effect on me that I I cannot describe, and I'm not sure why. But anyway, let me just give you a little blurb about what it's all about. And I'm just just stealing this from uh, IMDb. It says, Intriguing story of a well-off family in the Florida Keys that have many dark secrets. The siblings are heirs of a beautiful inn that has been in their family for 50 years. It is their childhood home with many great memories, but the deep, dark past holds many untold tales. All combined makes the future very uncertain. And I think that's a pretty good description of what the story is. But uh, the cool thing about it is the all-star cast they have in this show. I mean, first off, the, the um, paternal and maternal leads of the story are Sam Shepard and Sissy Spacek to start off with, playing uh, the matriarch and patriarch of the Rayburn family, and they own an inn in the Florida Keys, and uh, they have like five kids. And uh, do you know who Kyle Chandler is? 
He was in uh, Friday yeah, Night Friday Lights. Night the, Lights. Yeah, the TV yeah. show. Kyle Chandler plays the one of the sons. He's like in his forties, and he is the local chief of police. And uh, he's got an, a brother who's a few years older than him, played by Ben Mendelsohn. I don't. I've never heard of him before. I think he's he's like a, an Australian actor plays the older brother Danny Rayburn who's like a total fuck up something happened in the past and I'm not gonna give any spoilers but it like totally sent him on a different path he got you know mixed up with a bad crowd left home you know at a young age and hasn't been back for many years well he's come back and uh, all of the turmoil that's created uh, when he comes back and there's a a younger sister and a younger brother. The younger brother's like an alcoholic, just trying to hang on to his his uh, business. He has a boatyard and hang on to his marriage. He's just he's kind of a fuck up, but he's he's you know at least he's you know not a total screw up like his older brother Danny, who has come into town. So, oh, John Leguizamo's in here. He's he plays a low life who comes into town who happened to be a friend of Danny the fuck up, and. Guess who else is in? Chloe Sevigny has a role in this show oh as well. Gosh. Yes. Is this a new show? This, this it's it's a it's been on for two seasons. So I guess oh, it you know, first came out in 2015 was the original season. So uh, it's a great Jesus, show. Why aren't people talking about this show? Sissy Spacek. Oh my God, that makes me want to watch it right there. Yeah, and I th- then I think Leguizamo and right. Wow, Chloe Sevigny, Sam Shepard. His uh, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but Sam Sam Shepard's character dies about three quarters through the uh, first season, uh, and that mm. that changes you know the whole dynamic of the thing. So Danny, the screw up son, he thinks he's gonna you know come in and try to you know help fill the void and help out at the end. And uh, you know you're rooting for him the whole time, but he's always doing shit that's that's kind of evil and manipulative and and downright diabolical and always involved in you know some uh, shady you know things. And uh, uh, by by the end of the first season, uh, his brothers and sisters have had about just about enough of him. And uh, so I won't I won't give any spoilers what happens to Danny at the end of. Uh, uh, season one, but uh, it becomes the driving force of season two. It's season two becomes kind of a complete collapse and de-evolution of this, you know, this once respected, you know, wealthy family here in the Florida Keys. It's uh, it's just so it's it's you know at at a point it becomes just heart wrenching. You know how fucked right. up everything gets. You know they they seem like an idyllic family that everyone uh you know admires and it just gets worse and worse and worse i i can't say anymore all i know is that the first season the first season and a half that i watched i had to stop watching it for a few weeks because it was just so emotionally draining seeing how you know they're trying to hold on to this uh sense of normalcy in the family but it's just fucking impossible Hmm, wow. It sounds, I mean, the actors who are in it make me want to watch it right there, but 
Yeah. It just sounds like a really interesting. I mean, that plot line sounds interesting. What what network is? Is it on HBO or something? It's uh, probably ne- on some channel I don't get. No, it's a Netflix original. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn it! Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it. Right. Yet there's another so reason. Many things mm-hmm. on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. Uh, yeah. There's so many things on there that I. I I'm just gonna. I need to just get rid of cable, but I love cable too much, so I don't. <laughs> right. Well, that sounds really cool. That sounds really cool. Maybe they'll. Yeah, I may have to come over and binge watch it at your house sometime. Yeah, I mean it's it's um, so, so many characters and such a complex story. Yet, you know, my description just doesn't do it any justice. You know, it, it's something yeah. that has to be experienced to be understood. Sounds fantastic. I mean, right. it just sounds really interesting. And, I'm, yeah. you know, and it's got all these actors like you just put one, you just put sp- Sissy Spacek in there and I'm in. You put, oh. put um, um, uh, Chloe Sevigny in something, I'm in, I want to see it. So <laughs> right. you know, add Sam, Sam Shepard and Leguizamo and um, Kyle uh, Chandler to all that. Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> I'm it, it, in. I mm-hmm. want to, you know, I'm in on cast alone. It doesn't matter what it's about. I know it's going to be good. Right. So that's cool. Yeah, the actor who plays Danny is just amazing. He's an amazing actor. I've never seen him before. I'm like, damn, this guy is fucking good. Do you know what his name is off the top of your head? Ben Mendelsohn. Hmm, interesting. That name sounds almost familiar, but yeah, hmm, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to look online a little bit, but I can already tell I just want to watch it and not know anything. Cool. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, there's a couple other shows. I know we're running long, but I just want to mention a couple shows I saw that I thought were really great okay. um, that are new. One of them is a, is a sitcom called Speechless. It comes on uh, around the time Modern Family is on on ABC. It's about a family where one of the boys is in a wheelchair. He's kind of like a uh, – he kind of – he has oh, – this is terrible that I don't know things, but it seems like he has like whatever Stephen Hawking has. He uses a pointer ALS. to talk and all of that. Yeah, Lou Gehrig's disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, yeah. ALS, whatever you want to call it, yeah. So, of course, the family's kind of poor, they're lower middle class, so it's kind of like um, the middle meets uh, um, a show about a handicapped kid, you know. Um, uh-huh. It was just really good. It's very funny, it's it's kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, edgy, um, uh, but it has a heart to it, and I mean, it's a sitcom, of course, but okay. I just, the first episode was really good and I thought it was cool because it's not one of these shows that's like, oh, the poor, the poor crippled kid or, you know, ah, oh, he, he, he's in a wheelchair. It's, he's right. funny. And, and, okay. uh, it's written, written by a guy who had a brother, uh, in the same kind of situation. So he, you know, so it's very, very funny, very edgy, very, uh, not politically correct. Um, and that it's really good. I was really impressed with the first episode. I hope there's, mm. I hope it continues to be as good as the first one was. Um, okay. And then I watched this show um, on. I don't even know what network it's on. It's called. I think it's on NBC. It's called This Is Us, um, and it's a new show. And I believe, uh, you know me, I don't keep up with all these things, but yes, I, I can't remember even who wrote and directed it. Yeah. But the. I, I don't want to spoil anything about it because I don't. That's okay. I, I, you can go. I saw the first episode. Yeah, I, I know why you're, you 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 want to be a little careful in how you describe it because you know if yeah. you if you mentioned you know the end of the first episode you're like whoa because it's such a yeah it's like oh wow now I see how all these yeah. people are connected to each other. You have so, it has such an oh wow moment at the end of it. It's such a great show. If you can, 
if they if they don't rerun it, which by the time this is on, it they won't. So maybe you can go online and see the first episode. Uh, yeah. I don't know how they'll. Uh, it's one of those shows where it's like, okay, this show is too good. There's no way the second episode could be as good as the first, <laughs> and well. it'll last. If, if it lasts one season, we'll be lucky. Yeah. Um, it's one of those shows you're going to get into, and then they're going to cancel it because it's just too damn good to get good ratings. Um, but it's worth searching out if you if you have mm-hmm. the opportunity, right? Um, because yeah. the first episode is probably one of the best first episodes of a series I've ever seen. Yeah, the uh, well, it's like as you're watching the, the the first episode, you're like, yeah, this is you know, it's a decent show. It's 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 all right. But then, yeah, by the end, you're like, oh shit, wow. Wow! 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 Yeah, I mean, it just—it has an oh wow. It just—it just can't believe it took it up ten notches. Yeah, uh, at the yeah, end of that yeah. episode, yeah. It was all yeah. It, that's what it was. It was. I mean, the episode was already great. The characters are interesting. It's got a. It's got a interesting um, sense of humor. There's a fat girl, a fat lady, I guess, on it as one of the characters. And yeah, and although it almost seemed like a, a the beginning of Mike and Molly again. It right. was just done so well. She meet she meets someone that that she likes, and it was just done so well that uh, even though it rang a little familiar, anyway, it's just a, a great show. Even though some things you know uh, might seem familiar uh, as if they've been done before, mm-hmm. it, they really haven't. I don't think they really have. It's done in a unique way. It's got mm-hmm. a great kind of feel to it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next. I think it. Oh, I was reading online that the the guy who writes and directs it is saying that um, uh, it's going to bounce around in time. So that's going to make it interesting too. There'll be all kinds of different time frames, uh, right? Where it will bounce around to. Sure. So, yeah, we kind of got a taste of that on the uh, the first episode. On the pilot, yeah. Right, yeah. but but we won't. We will not spoil anything for anybody at this moment. <laughs> Well, just talking about it spoils it a little bit, but hopefully people have seen it and agree with us. So yeah, uh, by now people know uh, there's going to be some spoiler alerts on this show. It's good that we record it, and it takes a little while for us to get it up on the on the uh, web page because right. by that time everyone's had a chance to see some of the shows. So you usually, but you'd be surprised. Yeah, you'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's a little like with network shows at least it's it's a little more than when it's a, a, a Netflix show or something where people can go binge watch it all at once and the episodes stay up for weeks and that right. kind of thing. Man, mm-hmm. I want to see Bloodlines. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll so like good. it. I, I'd be curious to yeah. see how how it affects you emotionally, like it affected me. Yeah, uh, I just, can't wait, man. Just something about that family dynamic. Ugh, wow. So. Anyway, um, yeah. All right, you want to move on out of here and maybe just do a oblique strategy and get the fuck out? Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Let me pull a card here then. Okay. Because you know every every week our listeners just can't wait. When are they going to do oblique strategies? Uh, maybe not. I know that means it's close to the end of the show and we can go get on with our lives. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's almost over. <laughs> all right. All right, I pulled the card here. It says, change ambiguities to specifics. Huh. Change ambiguities to specifics. I don't think that helps me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, say what you mean, motherfucker. Right. Maybe. Or it almost is like... Uh, clarify accentuate. your... Accentuate... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Accentuate? Accentuate the... Uh, 
accentuate the 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 I don't know what the non obvious. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ambiguities to specifics, like if yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, if you're if you're flirting with someone yeah. that you really really want to uh, be with, just just freaking go for it. Don't be so ambiguous. Be specific. Say what you want. So the other person can break your heart a lot faster, and you can get on. With your <laughs> <life>. <laughs> yes. Well, at least yeah, change, at least you get some resolution. Damn it. Change ambiguities to to specifics. Yes, change change ambiguities to specifics. Yes. So don't just wait around wondering if she takes it up the ass. Just ask her so you can get on with your life. Well, I mean that that's <laughs> that's definitely you know a, a a real world example. You know. It is. You I know, know it's nice to kind of dream that she will, look, but just ask her. She either does or she doesn't. That's right. I mean, you ain't gonna get what you don't ask for. That's right. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> you know, yeah. so there you are. Take it to heart, so folks. That is, <laughs> that is the in- intelligentsia version of "Don't say it's, don't spray it." Say, yes. On that note, goodbye and good luck. No. <laughs> <laughs> good night, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Be yeah. sure to take tip your waiters and waitresses. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll be here all week. Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Good show. Okay. I enjoyed it. Me too. Did you enjoy it? Okay, I, I hope so. Yeah, I had a good time. I mean, it was fun. I mean, it's all good. We covered all our bases. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, we'll have some next week, I think, because we're going out Saturday. Absolutely. We'll have lots for, of stuff. For your for your birthday, happy birthday. By the time this airs, it'll your birthday will be over, but oh. happy belated birthday. Yeah, that's Happy right. Birthday in advance. Wow, because it's like we're in two different times, man. Yeah. Hey. Um. <laughs> oh, you know, today I won a contest. Really? Yeah, at the uh, the the greenhouse craft food uh, restaurant that's like a block and a half away from here. I won the uh, Becker wine dinner thing for two, and so Sierra and I are gonna go there uh, Sunday night. So oh, cool. it's kind of cool. All I do is like sign up online or did an email or something just because Sierra said, hey, you need to enter this. And lo and behold, I won. Wow, that's cool. All that's right. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, everybody slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Your voice went up like crazy on that. <laughs> Shall I do it again? Let's try one more time. Why not? Yeah, why not? So slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> Lodger out and proud. All right. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs>